This is 560 WFIL. Well, hello there, and welcome to the final weekend of peace before Black Friday arrives to launch us into the holiday season madness next weekend. I'm Mark Daniels, and this is our weekend magazine. And in this half hour, our focus is on heaven. We'll hear a few songs that'll set us thinking about our eternal home, and we'll explore 10 surprising truths about it as well. So is heaven a real place or simply a state of mind? Will we know one another in heaven? What will we do there? You hear best-selling author and pastor Dr. Robert Jeffress every weekday at 2 and 10.30 on Pathway to Victory here on WFIL. Well, Dr. Jeffress answers these and other popular questions about heaven in his new book, A Place Called Heaven. And Dr. Jeffress, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Mark. I remember a time in the church when every song and every prayer looked forward to glory. Now, today, it seems people are more interested in the here and now than in the hereafter. So I'm wondering why a new book on heaven. Well, I think right now, with all the increasing chaos we see in the world today, mass shootings, hurricanes, earthquakes, international conflict, we need the assurance that there's something better that awaits us. And really, I can't think of a better time than right now to share with people the hope of heaven. And that's what I do in this book, A Place Called Heaven. In the book, I answer 10 of the most frequently asked questions about the eternal home God is preparing for us, and also share with people how to make sure you're going to be there one day. You know, Mark, if your employer told you that in six months he was going to transfer you to a foreign country and the move was going to be a permanent move, you'd do everything you could to find out about that new country you were going to and start making preparations now for that move. Well, the Bible tells us that if we're Christians, one day we're moving to a new location, a place called heaven. And it only makes sense that we would want to learn everything we can about that place and start making preparation right now for the move. Well, learning is one important part of preparing for heaven. How else can we do so? Well, you know, this is one of the paradoxes, and that is as brief as our life is here on earth compared to eternity, how we spend the few years God gives us on this earth really determines the kind of heaven that we're going to experience. And there are a lot of things we can do to prepare for heaven. You know, uh, if you're going to a foreign country, the first thing you have to do is have a passport to get in. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with heaven. Not everybody is allowed into heaven, only those who have the right spiritual passport. You know, I'm asked all the time, are Catholics going to be in heaven, or Baptists going to be in heaven, or Muslims going to be in heaven? And I tell people, nobody goes to heaven in a group. The only people that go to heaven are forgiven people, and the way we have forgiveness is through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's the most foundational thing, but it's not the only thing we can do. You know, another thing that we need to do is to make sure that we are doing things right now that count for eternity. One of the questions that I answer in my book is, will heaven be the same for everyone? And the answer is no. Uh, Even though our good works are worthless to secure our place in heaven, after we become a Christian, the good works we do here on earth have a great deal to do with the kind of heaven we're going to experience. You know, contrary to a myth, uh, heaven is not going to be a sanctified system of socialism where everybody gets the same little plot of land and the same house. 
there are going to be degrees of heaven based on our faithfulness to God in this life. So there are some things right now we can get ready for and do to prepare for that place called heaven. Well, since you opened that door, we're going to walk on through it. Some people indeed look forward to just having the rest that we'll enjoy in heaven someday. And again, other people are scared they'll be bored sitting on a cloud plucking the strings of a harp. So indeed, what will we do in heaven? Well, that's, again, one of the ten questions I answer in a place called heaven. And, you know, Mark, I have this sneaking suspicion that one reason a lot of Christians aren't that excited about going to heaven is just the reason you mentioned. They're afraid they're going to be bored to death. Uh, They've been led to believe that heaven's going to be one long, unending church service, 24-7. That sounds more like hell to a lot Mm. of people than heaven. And while it's true we are going to worship in heaven, we're going to do more than worship in heaven. We're actually going to work in the new heaven and new earth. You know, God created us to be workers. Before the fall, God told Adam and Eve, I've given you this garden that you cultivate it and keep it. We're made in God's image. He's a worker. We find fulfillment in our work. The only reason we don't enjoy our work right now is because of effects of sin in the world. You know, bodies that grow tired, strained relationships, government regulations, Mm -hmm. all those impediments will be removed, and we'll enjoy work like God intends us to enjoy it in our new heaven and earth. Let's talk about people's impressions of heaven, because they're shaped by a number of different outside sources. I want to go, of course, to the book and see what the Bible has to say. But first of all, there are a lot of books that have been sold by people who said they had a near-death experience, an NDE, as it were. Have some people actually visited heaven? That's one of the questions and the difficult ones we tackle in my book, A Place Called Heaven. Have some people already been to heaven? Look, let's be clear. God can do whatever he wants to do. So I don't want to artificially limit God. But, you know, when you look in the Bible, there is nothing in the Bible that corresponds to what we call near-death experiences today. Now, I can hear the listeners right now shouting at the radio saying, Oh, Pastor Jeffers, what about Lazarus? What about these people Jesus raised from the dead? I'm not saying God didn't raise people from the dead. There are plenty of those accounts in the Bible. But there's no account in the Bible where somebody died, went to heaven, came back, and told everything that he saw while he was in heaven. Lazarus didn't tell anything uh, during those three days. He was absent. Uh, The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 says he was caught up to heaven. But uh, he was told not to repeat one thing that he said, that he saw while he was in heaven. So there's nothing that accounts for these detailed (laughs) explanations of somebody's tour of heaven in the Bible. Uh, What I would just say to people is, when you read these books, do so with a heavy and healthy degree of skepticism. Uh, I believe the Bible is sufficient to tell us everything that we need to know. If somebody in their experience says something that's contradictory to what the Scripture teaches, well, that is a delusion at best, and perhaps something even worse. If they're simply repeating what the Bible says about heaven, well, that kind of makes the book redundant. So save your 1995. <laughs> okay. Well, as you mentioned, and as we might expect, you examine what Scripture has to say about heaven all throughout the book. But what verses about heaven would you say most people might find surprising? Well, you know, I I think in one of the most encouraging things about heaven is people have this myth that when we die, we become somebody else in heaven. No, when we die, it's not somebody else who goes to heaven. We go to heaven. Mm -hmm. 
And we, we are still the same people. I mean, for example, the Bible says we have the same names in heaven that we have here on earth. When Moses and Elijah came back from heaven to appear with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, they suddenly weren't changed to Bert and Ernie. It was still Moses and Elijah. <laughs> uh, you know, in our new bodies, they're going to be superior to what we have, but we're going to recognize one another. Jesus' body was a prototype, Colossians 1 says, of our resurrection body. We're going to know one another, which means our relationships are going to continue, perhaps on a deeper level in heaven. Uh, I believe our gifts and interests are going to remain the same. You know, if, if you want to know a clue to what you're going to be doing in the new heaven and earth and wor- what your work is going to be, it very well may be an extension of what you're doing right now. I don't believe God wastes interest and talents on people for the few years they have here on earth. Uh, I think we remain the same people that we are here on earth without the effects of sin. Amen. Seaside, sunset, silver lining round the clouds. Birds fly, singing, making such a joyful sound. Thoughts of heaven somehow seem to fill my mind. little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. 
I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Back on our Mark Daniels Show Weekend Magazine, and you can hear this episode, along with many others, commercial-free on the SoundCloud. Search the keyword Mark at WFIL.com and follow the podcast link. Dr. Robert Jeffress, our guest once again. You know him as the host of Pathway to Victory here on WFIL and the author of the new book, A Place Called Heaven, Ten Surprising Truths About Your Eternal Home. Well, let's talk for a moment about the alternative to heaven, hell. Some see it as a metaphorical place. Hell is any place where Jesus is not. Others see it as a place of eternal conscious torment. And there's a new line of thought that says hell is a place of temporary torment where unbelievers are sent and their bodies and souls burn up and disappear someday. What does your study confirm about hell? Well, you know, it's intellectually dishonest to say, uh, I'm going to accept what Jesus says about heaven, but I'll reject what he says about hell. Hmm. I mean, you don't get to pick and choose which parts of Jesus' teaching you want to believe. The fact is, Jesus actually talked more about hell in the New Testament than he did about heaven. 13% of the 1,330 verses that record the words of Jesus deal with the subject of hell. So, Mark, you know, it really doesn't matter what you or I think about hell. The real question is, what does Jesus say about it? And he talked about hell being just as real of a place as heaven is. You can't say, I believe heaven's a literal place, but hell is a figurative place. In Luke 16, Jesus talked about uh, a rich man who died and went to Hades, the place of torment, while Lazarus, who depended on God, went to Abraham's bosom, paradise, to be with the Lord. Both were very real places. Jesus said hell is a place of physical suffering, of torment, of darkness. And perhaps the most terrifying thing he taught about hell was it is a forever destination. Once you die, your eternal destination in either hell or heaven is eternally fixed. Earlier you had talked about rewards and uh, degrees of reward in heaven. Is there anything that can keep Christians now from experiencing the fullness of heaven then? You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And he was talking to Christians. We're going to all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of us may be rewarded for what we've done in the body, whether it is good or worthless, is the Greek word worthless. Hmm. A lot of Christians think, oh, now that I'm a Christian, I never have to experience God's judgment wrong. Uh, Paul said, we are going to experience God's judgment. It's a different judgment than non-Christians. The non-Christians' judgment is a judgment of condemnation at the great white throne. But for a Christian, it is a judgment of evaluation and commendation, rewards. And, you know, people say all the time, well, I don't care about rewards. As long as I make it to heaven, I'll be satisfied. 
Well, again, you better read the Scripture, because 1 Corinthians 3 talks about those Christians who don't earn rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. Paul says, yes, they shall be saved as though by fire, but they will suffer loss. Uh, There will be Christians who will experience real, measurable loss at the judgment seat of Christ as they see what could have been theirs if they had only been more faithful to Christ in this life. Well, you've written an entire book on the subject, but I'm wondering if someone offered you just a few minutes to make one point about heaven, what's the most important thing you'd want someone to know? Well, the most important thing to know is the way to get there. And uh, contrary to popular mythology, all roads do not lead to heaven. In fact, I wrote a book last year, Not All Roads Lead to Heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins is not just a way to heaven, it's the only way to heaven. And Mark, if I could say, you know, again, with all of the hopelessness, chaos in the world, the best gift we could give this Christmas is the gift of heaven. And I really encourage people to purchase a copy of A Place Called Heaven. Purchase copies for your friends and family members. It is a great way, especially to share with non-Christians your faith in a non-threatening way. Everybody's interested in heaven. This book has been out for eight weeks. It's already in its sixth printing, because I don't think there's ever been a time when people are more hungry for the hope of heaven than right now. Well, I suppose the best place our listeners could connect with you and pick up a copy of the book, A Place Called Heaven, is that the website for Pathway to Victory? They can go to ptv.org, or the book is available at any bookstore or at amazon.com. Now, of course, we can't miss the daily program, Pathway to Victory, every weekday at 2 and 10.30 here on WFIL. And for our listeners, if you, if you want to learn what seven world religions teach about heaven, maybe cruise the Caribbean with Dr. Jeffress on the journeys of the Apostle Paul in June of this coming year. Check out the new contest at WFIL.com right now. It's on the contest page at the very top of the homepage. And uh, Dr. Jeffress, always a pleasure. Thank you for partnering with us on Pathway to Victory. And thanks for joining us on this program today. It's great to be with you, Mark. Thank you. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only I can only imagine I can only imagine When that day comes And I find myself Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I would do 
Yeah. 